And then they did dumps. They call them dumps, big, massive dumps uh, in Michigan and Pennsylvania and uh, uh, all over. Hello, all. Welcome to the Politics Mostly podcast. I am your host, Peter Ramirez. And folks, I want to start off the show with something I've been thinking a lot about recently. And it's this. Playing the victim card. Because we're all we're all victims. Everybody here, all these thousands of people here tonight. They're all victims, every one of you. The next great victory for our movement begins right here on January 5th, and then... We're all victims, everybody here, all these thousands of people here tonight. They're all victims, every one of you. That was President Trump. Has there been a more accurate or concise breakdown of how Trump and his supporters view themselves? (laughs) It's everything with these people, right? The newspapers... The scientists, Hollywood, his own government, the media, even Fox News now, the international community, the military, right? Everyone is out to get Trump all the time for any number of reasons. It's like they get Donald sweepstakes and no one takes a break. Jesus, what, what has happened to the American right? They used to be tough on Soviets and fighters, pick yourself up by the bootstraps, crusaders, speak truth to power, uh, spread democracy, stand up for the rule of law. And they've been replaced by something more sinister and, frankly, unrecognizable, something weak and, and pathetic. They're all victims, according to themselves. Has there been a four-hour stretch of time over the last few years where Donald Trump hasn't complained about something, hasn't whined into the Internet? Oh, the the newspapers write bad headlines? Welcome to the American presidency, Donald. (laughs) The reason Donald Trump's messaging of being the victim has never seduced me is actually very simple, right? Donald Trump isn't a victim. He is the most powerful person in the world a white man who inherited his wealth, and he never seems to face the consequences of his own actions. He's the most powerful person in the world and a billionaire, and he inherited the company. Um, How can I look at this particular man and think, wow, the system is rigged against him? Playing the victim for Trump uh, is not so much his favorite game as it is the only game he can play because he never acknowledges his mistakes. He's some, like, cult leader, semi-religious hero, out to save America, or, as he tweeted recently, the world from killing itself, whatever that means. Then how can he explain away embarrassing defeat? If he's so holy, if he's so righteous, how can he explain losing or embarrassing defeat, (laughs) right? I mean, it it doesn't add up. So... Instead, the answer for his defeat is not reflection or policy. It's victimhood and system rigging, right? Those are the answers. 
But this melody sounds familiar, even though the president plays a different instrument. There's waning cultural power and diminishing numbers for large swaths of what makes up the GOP, right? White people, at least as a percentage of the population, is declining. The rural population has never had less power. Uh, social conservatism is seemingly dead, right? Look at, look at, by the way, a quick aside. Look at Republicans under 30 and their social looks in terms of drug legalization, same-sex marriage, um, even race relations. They're pretty much identical to Democrats. Um, so what all these people, the white, rural, socially conservative, etc., they become increasingly emboldened because they face the threat of extinction. Trump is, you know, just the culmination of a many decades old reckoning over demographics. Now, historically, the left has been victorious in the victimhood wars of who can be the most oppressed. Right? I mean, this is this is 100 percent of um, the modern American right. It's just making fun of the left because, you know, forever wars and tax cuts for the wealthy don't really resonate, at least resonate with young people. So they have to make fun of the left for always trying to play the victim card. So the fact that this has changed so much in the last four or five years is astonishing, frankly. I've seen it in slow motion. Republicans are acting like real Democrats, and I don't mean that as a compliment. So remember that. Remember that next time someone corrects you when you say happy holidays and they say, oh, it's Merry Christmas, or when a powerful billionaire complains about life. Remember who is a victim, and more importantly, who isn't a victim. Okay, uh, switching gears now, I want to talk about what's really behind the Trump legal efforts to overturn the election. Because Trump is getting too much credit right now. Um, People grant him the benefit of the doubt, despite the fact that Trump has never earned it or even come close to earning it. And I've seen this a lot recently with his attempts to overturn the election with Rudy and the boys. (laughs) You know, um, my Republican friends view this historically undemocratic effort as some sort of noble quest, where the journey is righteous and the end goal is justice, right? These are the people who say things like, oh, there are legitimate concerns. He has a right to pursue all legal courses of action. You have to admit some of this stuff doesn't add up. Don't you want to get to the bottom of this? (laughs) We've seen this. We've heard this. You know, get to the bottom of what exactly? That a highly polarized, roughly evenly split country rebuked a historically unlike president? <laughs> Is that so out of the realm of possibility? You know, uh, for, to Republicans, elections are won or stolen. This is how they've always operated. <clears throat> so Trump didn't take a break from his crime committing to suddenly care about an issue like electoral fraud. Sorry. Trump relishes in crime. He soaks in delinquency. He marinates in misconduct. He is not a crime fighter. He is a crime committer. Nor is Trump particularly concerned with the truth. There's actually an official Wikipedia page about Trump's relationship with the truth and all his documented lies. 
So why is Trump pursuing this election um, challenge, right? It's not, it's not there's fraud and we have to search for justice and truth, right? That's not true. You know, on one hand, he's hell-bent on winning, right? He was conditioned at an early age to believe that losing was unacceptable. And he is, by nature, a short-term creature of self-preservation, right? Everything is just seeking to extend his rule another few breaths. But on the other hand, there's also the grift, right? Trump has raised over $200 million in online solicitation solicitations from his supporters, right? He's, he's milking his own supporters of, of money. And if you look at the fine print, any donation under $8,000 goes directly to him in the RNC, not the legal effort, right? These aren't, you know, recounts and legal bills. These are his pockets and his friends' pockets. So it's not about truth or justice. It's about winning in money, Right? But let's also talk about the broader framework also. The hardliners and the crazies say the outlandish things, right? Roger Stone, for example, saying that North Korea delivered ballots through a harbor in Maine. Now, why North Korea would go to the East Coast and not the West Coast, given its location, uh, remains unclear. So when the crazies flank right, a vacuum appears for the more regular Republicans to occupy, right? They're still crazy, just not as crazy. They say things like, okay, the main thing, the stone thing, that's crazy. But the Democrats still stole this election. To the left of the nutcases, but to the right of reality. That's where these people operate. (laughs) Being less crazy than Roger Stone doesn't mean anything. Then there's the predictable Trump play from the top. right? The president's allies have won a sole post-election lawsuit. It involved limiting the time that Pennsylvania voters could fix any wrong information on a ballot from six days to three days. <laughs> That's their only win in the entire post-election lawsuits extravaganza. The Pennsylvania State Attorney General said, if you fill out a ballot and you're missing information, we'll give you six days. They sued. Now it's three days. That's it. So instead of trying to, and the, and they've lost 53, by the way, one for 53, not exactly good, a good ratio for them. Um, So instead of trying to win at the ballot box or in the courts, he's trying to sow chaos and confusion and then argue that because there is so much uncertainty, he should win, right? This is what he tweeted recently, quote, how can you have a presidency when a vast majority think that the election was rigged? So that's, that's the actual play here, right? It's not proving through the courts or through legal challenges that there was massive fraud on a scale enough, uh, big enough to overturn the election. It's just to sow doubt, create chaos, create confusion, um, and then use that confusion to overturn the election, right? It's almost circular. You know, my, my Republican friends aren't poring over the affidavits or examining evidence. They believe the election was stolen because they want it to be true. They want their guy to win. Trump isn't on a novel quest to search for truth. He is padding his pockets on a mission to save face. Feel free to join him. Just don't expect me to grant you the moral high ground. You know, I just realized that the mic is picking up a little bit of background noise from a fan. I'm currently getting um, 
my house painted. So if you hear that, I apologize. I'm not restarting this. I'm not technologically advanced enough to <laughs> to. I've let's just say I've invested too much time in this episode already. But the good news is this isn't a professional podcast. I'm not getting paid yet, and um, you're not paying anything for this. So <laughs> just enjoy it. The last thing I want to talk about, and I'll keep this very brief because we're already at 12 minutes, is Trump and pardons. Okay. And really, they fall into three categories, the self-pardon, family pardons, and pardons for sale. So I want to briefly talk about all three. So Sean Hannity, uh, noted journo, he's been urging Trump on his show to issue pardons for his entire family, including the president himself. But... I doubt the president can issue a self-pardon, and let me explain why. First of all, when Nixon was weighing a potential self-pardon, his own Justice Department said that this hypothetical maneuver was unconstitutional. Now, if you remember, Nixon was pardoned by his successor, President Ford. He wasn't pardoned by himself. And secondly, um, based on Eric Muller, law professor, you probably can't issue a self-pardon uh, because it's not constitutional because of the wording in the Constitution, right? There's the difference between receiving a pardon, which is totally legal, or granting oneself a pardon, which is most likely illegal, right? Because when you use the word grant like it is in the Constitution, it means you're giving someone else something. It's a transitive verb. So you can't grant yourself something, at least linguistically. And as the Supreme Court has noted... Um, the words the founding father used, uh, founding fathers used specifically matter. So I really don't think the self-pardon is going to fly legally. I'm sure Trump will try it, but the, 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 the history, the Department of Justice, and the Constitution aren't on his side. Um, in terms of pardoning family and friends, uh, according to the New York Times, Trump has been discussing issuing pardons for Giuliani, Kushner and his three eldest children, Donnie Jr., Eric, and Ivanka. Um, Trump Jr. faces legal problems because of his Russian contacts um, in the 2016 election. Kushner lied to federal authorities during his security clearance interviews, and Giuliani was under investigation for some sketchy things in the Ukraine this past summer um, for some business dealings there. Uh and on top of that, Giuliani's also getting 20 grand a day when he's not getting COVID <laughs> from Trump to be his TV lawyer and leak ink from his face. So there you go. Trump uh, can't really issue a pardon for himself. He'll probably issue pardons for his family and friends because he's a populist hero who does no wrong. But the most intriguing part of the pardons is the selling of pardons, which is very illegal. So file this one under the headlines that no one that should shock no one folder, right? Here's the headline. Justice Department investigating potential bribery scheme for Trump pardon. <laughs> oh, man. When I read this, I just thought to myself, of course, of course, Trump is pardoning, uh, selling pardons. Trump's own government. This isn't, you know, some deep state hit job, some Obama person, some media thing. Trump's own government has investigated whether there was a pay-to-play scheme involving pardons 
in exchange for money in the form of political contributions. According to a recently unsealed court document, a prisoner's lawyer had formal discussions with the White House Counsel's Office about a pardon. As the report notes, quote, the two lawyers may have offered a funnel, may have offered two funnel money as political donations in exchange for the pardon or commutation. Um, and I know this is true because Trump tweeted, as this story broke, that, quote, the pardon investigation is fake news, which most certainly means it is real news and definitely happened. <laughs> um, so that's that. Sorry about the fan in the background. I'm getting my bathroom redone. There's a, a painter here. Had a lot of fun. We talked about self-victimhood, how the right has kind of lost its way. We've talked about how, you know trying to overturn the election isn't a noble quest for them. It's really just about money and self-preservation. And lastly, we talked about all the pardon nonsense going on over at uh, 1600 Penn. Um, So until next time, friends, stay safe, have a good day, and I'll see you soon. 